Well, last <sighs> week I was really prepared from the gate. I like, mean, I had the music already picked out and sent prior to us recording, so like I I, I knew how to quip in. But I don't know what the music is going to sound like this we, time. I mean, we haven't even clicked yet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. You know, you just, I, just so ready. I decided to try to bake chicken without seasoning it today initially, and then I had to work the seasoning into the barbecue sauce. So that was that well. Was a good let's time. let's give you each yeah. other the clap. Three, two, one. So now the things that I say will be heard on the episode. I mean, presumably. No, I'll, uh, you're just it, gonna edit the, my track out. No, I'll probably do that. Like your silent says that. Oh. Break, play. <laughs> okay, leave all this in. It's super meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so, not like we've hidden anything from them before. No, I was going to say that it was nice going in with a, an idea of what the music was going to sound like. And uh, I think I had this idea where I get all my best ideas while I was taking a shit. Oh, I thought um, when you were stoned or something. No, actually, I haven't smoked weed in probably a month or almost a month. Edibles. Um, nope, n- nothing. Just, just he really hasn't low. eaten in a month either. Yeah, Look at no. I haven't. He's wasting away. I am. Oh my goodness. Like a desiccated corpse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like my ex-girlfriend. Uh, I'm so turned on right now. I don't know how to respond. No, oh, I, I think I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Wayne uh, from Twin Ponies to whip us up uh, permanent intro music. Ooh. It's a little idea that I have. He has a project on the side. It's just a bunch of electronic uh, like blips and bloops. Uh, and he goes under DJ Sneaky Snake. And, oh. <laughs> I, like and I thought it would have been uh, Side Pony. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. Uh, but now this isn't this isn't what it's going to be, but he had a, he makes all the beats is what, how he pitched DJ Sneaky Snake to me. He makes them all while he's taking a shit. So he does it, does it on his phone for the most part. So uh, he stands dead, basically. Basically. But he sent me a couple clips of new things that he's working on, uh, just like electronic stuff. And it's really nice. Like, it sounds very, like, uh, like gamery, Zelda bit-esque. Um, cool. So I, th- I think I might reach out and see if you know I can buy him a six pack or something in exchange for using his intro song in perpetuity. Uh, like you can it. always offer him that mouth. No one wants this mouth. That mouth. Uh, you gave me a really brilliant Sigourney segue, but before we get to that, <gasps> by the Robotham, behold, behold. behold. It's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And we welcome you back to this earth that's not flat. Yeah, go ahead. I purchased something that we have been teasing on this glorious little podcast for ages and ages. I think up to like episode three or four. I They can't see it. Wait, wait, wait. You got a squatty potty. Yes. Oh, oh my god, shit. I'm so good. So like, Melissa like... <laughs> has elected to get me th- so her birthday's coming up. Our anniversary happens to be right around her birthday. You so she man. decided to buy anniversary gifts for me. Aww. So my retort, since I had already bought birthday presents, was, oh, I'll get us something that is for the both of us. It's kind of a home item. And I didn't tell her what it was. I said, it's going to be coming in two pieces. And so just prepare for them. And the first one that arrived was the poopery. <laughs> oh, for, uh, is it the thing you squirt into the toilet? Yes, the, yes. The guy so the, you the unicorn? Cover the scent. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. 
Yep, and then the uh, tiered Squatty Potty. Just on the off chance you ever need to get that extra couple inches in there, I got both the seven and then the additional two inches. And? I have been shitting slick like whale coming an ice flow. It has <laughs> been just absolute elation from a rectal perspective. And I don't know, just I can't thank you enough for, you know, recommending. You are very, very welcome. And I will say that it, it was such a strange concept to start caring about my rectal future. Mm-hmm. Um to the point, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was going to say, though, before you get on that, yeah, 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 no yeah, one asked me how the reception was for this being an anniversary present. Oh, I just thought that, you know. She I thought would... she appreciated it. She I did not like it. It was a beautiful metaphor, and I explained it as thus, that where we have an entire world that is just full of shit. At the very least, we, because of one another, can shit comfortably. That's beautiful. It's modern romance. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes, that's what I felt. Did John, she, continue. Did she cry? Um, from the butthole. Yes, <laughs> because because you guys ate at Wingstop again. Shitty, <laughs> shitty tears. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so I was saying, uh, caring about my rectal future, and it reminded me of a of a game story. So we've got. I, I harassed everyone to get Modern Warfare. And side note, I did download World War Two. Um, so. I'll jump on that soon. But Logan, our bassist, is the only one who actually like dived into modern warfare. Mm-hmm. So I went, he got he cut my hair during the quarantine at some point. And when I was there, we played modern warfare afterwards. Or like we we're sitting on the couch drinking a beer and he was playing Call of Duty. And you know the uh the sites, like you can upgrade the different sites to put on top and the one with the green dot, red dot, and the then the the name of that is a reticle. Yes, reticle. Mm-hmm. I had been calling it a rectal <laughs> <laughs> because I was not paying attention in reading. So I was like, "It's also a hole." I mean, I was it's like, reasonable. "I was like, it's like Logan, like you should do this challenge or blah 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 because then you can uh, unlock that rectal." And he goes, "You mean that fucking reticle?" <laughs> And I mean, you know that theoretically, you know that meme of the guy's like knees like shaking, like the "I'm shook" meme, like that. That was legitimately me. Like I, if I could have killed myself immediately in that moment, I, it would have been over. The world made no sense anymore. No, it's Life not a rectal. <laughs> that <Are> rectal you... <laughs> scope that I'm killing everybody with. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I mean, I haven't killed anyone in the last 24 hours. Same. 24, that's a streak. Yeah, I read about a lot of people getting killed. So I have now officially completely devoted myself to the fever because I completed... It's not the beaver fever. No, wait for after dark. I have something that's... It's a tease I'm going to give you here to try to drive folks to the after dark because I am essentially Nostradamus. What? (laughs) Okay. I have managed to have a prescient moment and predicted something that it just it's earth shattering. Well, don't and it break relates. Your... <laughs> Sorry, it, it relates to John and myself and a dream. So okay. get ready. Well, all right. Oh, I was going to say, don't break your arm jerking yourself off, but I never have, and I never will. That's it. A doesn't take that much energy. It really uh, doesn't. But you said you've been giving yourself to the. Uh... The old fever. I completed 
Salem's Lot in essentially a day and a half. Okay. Nice. So you have I, yes, I am fully embedded in the king fever. I mean, what else are we going to do, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you you showed me that you had the It shirt, but I didn't see that you had that. Yes. It's a, it's a, another, the... another teaser for the Disinformed After Dark because they'll yes. actually be able to see the shirt since we're exactly. not using the video right now. Well, I mean, yeah. technically we are. It's but... a brilliant shining, uh, uh, the shining shirt. Yes. Um, and he also sent me a picture of him wearing uh, the It shirt from Stephen King. And they're both, if I'm not mistaken, the original cover yes is, is the artwork so old school pretty covers. cool yeah pretty cool stuff i actually i had to track it down at my mom's place but i have an original copy of it like that cover i just didn't didn't as know what i had i it's just falling to pieces as it would yes well uh i have an interesting bit to start since we are going to get into michael's topic i assume yes yeah but I, I figured, why do we limit all of our fun hypotheticals and all the things where, you know, we have to be a little bit more tame to the YouTube when I can give you a beautiful dyed-in-the-wool would-you-rather at this very moment that I have a feeling is going to, you know, cause a few ripples. Can I fuck them both? Rectal Rangers. Go-Go oh. uh, <laughs> Rectal Rangers? Is that the episode indeed. title? Go-Go <laughs> Gadget Copter. Uh, so, you are being held hostage. There is a large caliber rifle directly aimed at your head, and you are given the choice of whether or not this person will dispatch you if you do not complete these requested tasks, or you work yourself up in a masturbatory fashion to completion, viewing either one of these two films. The first is a 1970s-produced elder porn Entitled Lazy Maiden. Okay. Okay. And essentially, to paint the picture, I'm assuming is going to involve a lot of trying to pull adult diapers off of one another, complaining about their backs, hips, etc., not necessarily being able to do much of anything, and then just attempting to arouse one another for at least four hours. Disgusting joke uh, that ends with, have you ever tried to peel the cheese off a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's all that I can think of. Michael, yep. don't even ask. We're not doing this. <laughs> no, we're not. My Why first do you also, tease and yet take it away from me? As I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of like the old man who's getting evaluated in the hospital in The Hangover. <laughs> who's, who He's just shapes. He looks like Mr. Peanut, you know, just, yeah. And then the other is a video called Summerton in the Titty, which is the greatest hits of Norm's you know, recorded career thus far. Okay. Now, you must work yourself from arousal to full ejaculatory ejaculatory completion while watching either one of those films, or you're going to be shot. Um, Which video do you choose? Oh, it's which video do I choose? You have to watch one of them. Oh, And while watching them, become aroused and ejaculate. Okay, so, or like some qualifiers here. Yes. Um, Can you pause the video? No. Do I have to, am I like clockwork orange forced to have my eyes open the entire yes. time? <laughs> you cannot imagine other things. Essentially, you have to watch this and you have to manage to keep yourself aroused and get to completion while watching some of the most disgusting things you've ever seen in your life. Do I okay. have to finish by the time the video ends? Yes. 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 
Yes. It's basically a beat the cock challenge here that as the clock is winding down, you better get something out of that thing or he's going to shoot you in the head. Okay. Now, death is also an option here, kids. You can just elect to get shot, which at this point, I, no. I would say I'm I'm contemplating. No, I'm going to do elder porn or the, the elder Yeah, one. I don't really – I haven't watched Noah's um, uh, greatest hits, so I don't know what Noah, his stuff – what the fuck are you talking about, Norm, young man? Whatever. Norm. What the hell's wrong with you, Michael? I don't know. Why do you botch everybody's names? I, it's even like your own. You, I spent I, three hours uh, uh, writing more of the My Immortal shit down, okay? So everyone's I'm, name is just spelled weird to me. I'm starting to believe you actually authored that book by the number of times that you ham-fistedly, like, mangle someone's monikers. <laughs> I Like I said, if I did, I would admit it because I would definitely take credit for that what's piece the, of work. Uh, what's, what's the shook line? Is it shook? This had me fucking shook. <laughs> you gave me a fucking oh, shook. Oh, yeah, thank <laughs> you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I'll tell you why that I choose the the elder uh, okay. elder love or whatever you called it. Lazy maiden. Hashtag Lazy elder maiden. love. <laughs> um, and it's going to have, you know, the bow chicka music. So you got to imagine two older like, Urgh. oh, I forgot to ask another qualifier, but I imagine that it doesn't matter. Do I have to watch it with sound or can I watch it without sound? Um, he might let you, you know, take the sound down for a bit, but you have a limited amount of time. So you get to pause okay. in 30 second increments. Okay. So we never established like what kind of elderly people were watching. I mean, you said the hangover and stuff, but we didn't talk about the other half. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I mean, there's some foxy older ladies out there. There I mean, are gilfs. Gilf there is. Are there are. Gilfs. We also They are not establish... in this film. Oh. <laughs> okay. In which case I have a safety uh, okay. method, which is. I have watched plenty of things that I've been disinterested in mm. to the tune where, like, I know that I can stare at a certain corner of each, uh, like, at any point of the TV, and I can just zone out completely, and I have enough in the spank bank that I can make it work. I mean, the only thing that's really standing uh, in the way of my survival is whether or not I can get it up in front of a gun. Um, <laughs> but... You're all like, I've been training for this moment my whole life. It's a reasonable thing to be concerned about. But I feel like, you know, the, the mother that can lift the car after a child, uh, the adrenaline <laughs> moment, I, I feel like in that moment that I think I could pull through if I knew that it was either I, you know, a, or masturbate to completion in front of a potential murder. Um, yeah. The difficult I, thing is like anybody <laughs> who is attempted to put on a condom under pressure knows just how infrequently your penis will cooperate with you when you need it to. So I, I don't hold, like you said, I don't hold out a lot of hope for as the gun gets just jabbed against the base of my skull that I'm like, this isn't happening. You're just going to have to shoot me because I don't think this is going to work. What if what if he got really insecure about it? He's like, is this happening to you a lot? Is it, <laughs> yeah. is it, is yeah. it me? Yeah. <laughs> It's so we have a very you. insecure it's... killer. This is the worst terrorist in history. <laughs> also, these are the only two porn videos that he owns, so he can't give you any alternatives. Turns out it's not even a man. It's just my ex-girlfriend. It's just uh, Darth Clitoris. Uh-huh, yes. Wearing, wearing an FDR mask. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a MAGA hat. Done. That's you all I need. Uh, I bet I could almost guarantee that that she does support. Just, uh, Michael, 
you've uh, you've not weighed in here. Yeah, what's up? Oh, I thought um no, I choose the elder. Uh I don't know what um the guy, the Norm Summerton. Yeah, sure. Norm Noah Nova Norva no. No, uh, Guardians yeah, of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah. Mora. Um, I don't know what norms. I, I, aside from the one cl- like clip that you got that you described to me, where the the poutine incident is all I'm going to call it. Um, I don't know what he does, and at least I assume that the uh, elder maiden, um, is going to be more traditional. Um, uh, I just wrinkles, described for but... you there. No, they. These are extremely old people, and this was a film made in the 1970s. So there's going to be brink of death. There's going to be bush. There's going to be adult diapers that need to be removed. They are not going to be able to actually work to easily, you know, one coerce themselves into a position where they. I mean, they're basically going to be going adjusting for position with glamour shots. Going, I can't. Oh my hip. Hold on. Oh, I can't breathe now. You're standing on my breast. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my, so basically, my son they, fought in the war. <laughs> <laughs> this is this feels like the war. Quick, in the foxhole. So yeah, this is not going to be sexy. There's there is no conceivable way. You're basically just going to watch old woman's breasts that are basically resting on her knees, sliding on and off as she's trying to get this man. Turgid I think what Shane's, prone for insertion. What Shane's trying to pitch to you, Michael, is this like essentially the jigsaw killer is standing in front of you. And yes. these are one of his two traps. There's not gonna be any real pleasure from it except for the pleasure he gets watching you squirm and come. Yes, right. I, I understand that, but I feel like they're at least going to try underline try traditional stuff. I don't know what Norm does other than the poutine incident probably gets um, you rock you hard for one he uh, oh, well, has yeah, the, the, the the titty piggy the tit cups yes and now john could you tell us during the tit cup segment was it focused on his face or was he specifically just removing the cups from his body oh it's it's a uh, it's tits up <laughs> yeah so you see his whole face because he has okay. uh he has a forehead tattoo that right. says pig um and then he's fully tatted out so i mean like you could i don't know I'm saying is if Michael really wants to try hard enough, and if we're striving for having something that has at least a semblance of the female form, if he's just working the the cups at a point in the video, you can time yourself out to be like, I'm just going to stare at these mock tits and try to forget that that's an ugly old man that's got them hmm. and, you know, that's run. I, you know, it's the only thing that was my, you know, if there's any port in the storm that can get you. It's a it's a real Sophie's choice that we've got here, gentlemen. Of course, I I'm and still. Stephen has stopped listening. I'm like still going to go with the ago. elder. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so you, cottage won... cheese and desperation. Yeah, Shane, are are you also joining us on the, uh, the grandma compilation? No. <laughs> You're gonna go uh, for I'm Norm? Norm? No, I'm gonna tell him to shoot me in the fucking head. Is what oh. I'm gonna do. I think I'm just gonna tap out because I kept uh, forgetting that death was an option. Yeah, death is an option. I think I might get five minutes into this, really desperately trying to find something to get me even remotely coaxed, and uh, I, I'll probably just kill myself in frustration. I mean, I just do isn't it. Isn't that the plan anyway? <laughs> Been working up to it for 39 years, oh. so I suppose we might get there eventually. Ooh wee. Uh. 
Well, there you oh. are. That's one that was definitely never going to make it onto yeah. YouTube. So. Again, I'm so curious, and I, I'm too lazy to watch the videos that Michael told me to go watch on like how YouTube or YouTube monetizes things. Because mm-hmm. again, oh. I was watching uh, it's your like mom's a house four episode. Hour episode. I yeah. wouldn't bother. I was watching the beginning of the episode of your mom's house today. And within the first 10 minutes, their producer chimes in and they're like, hey, guys, you've talked because they're they're talking about a clip from the prior week. Mm. He's like, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if we've already been flagged to be demonetized because of how many times they talked about coming and poop within a certain vicinity of each other, I think. Mm. Like something very weird. But at the same time, I was like, oh, that makes sense. So then by the end of it, he's like, you know, just swing for the fences. We're already flagged by this point. So... (laughs) Yeah, without question. I have a feeling there are certain instances, um, there are some individuals that remove content, so they post in multiple places, and then they'll just cut segments that they know might be Uh, problematic for YouTube. I know certain podcasts I listen to do that. And then others maybe just attempt to squirrel it away. If you've got something like a Rogan podcast where it's four hours worth of talking, they might just be like, okay, let's try to keep it somewhat light here, first 20, 30 minutes, and hope they get past. But with us being sort of bite-sized there... It makes it much easier to find fodder that might be offensive and yeah, reportable. That's fair. But yeah, 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 who knows? We're just we're trying here. It's not like we're really getting the statistical support that's going to get us just a wealth of currency here. Yeah. The the main thing is just trying to get enough people so that we can justify starting a Patreon because honestly a lot of the people that I watch they get demonetized for the stupidest things and so Patreon is really how they live, so Or OnlyFans. In these trying times. I was going to say, I'm officially unemployed again, so. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I I asked you, and you said you were going to save it for recording, so please do tell. All right. Well, once upon a time. No. Um. So in the, like, the area that I work, it's like a, what you call it, like a strip mall, almost? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it? It is, no, it is a strip mall, yes. Okay, strip mall is just a, a chain of tiny stores? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know it's really weird to ask that question, but it's like one of those like I've never had to think about how to define a strip mall before. It's it's a very fair point. It's you you have a large amount of businesses involving a coffee shop, a tire store, a Walgreens, yeah, so ice cream, etc. Our strip mall is bookended on one end by a coffee shop, which I'm not going to name, but all you need to know is that the coffee is abysmal. Um and on the other end, uh we are tagged off by a discount tire. And I don't know. Dates don't mean shit right now, but essentially like the discount tire crew, they are, they frequent our store when they're done. And since we have been on premise with restrictions and safety precautions, um, you know, they have been coming in to, you know, enjoy some drinks after they've concluded their, their day of work. Um, and apparently one of their staff has tested positive for COVID. Um, and we know the last time that he was in the store was on Sunday, 614. Um, so the business owner is just taking a safety precaution uh, to shut down uh, for a few weeks, get everything deep cleaned inside of there. And then also okay. uh, all of us are uh, getting or have been or will be tested uh, before coming back. Uh, so I did my test yesterday. Hmm, and, cool. um, you know. Much like my high school career, I'm hoping to fail. As you do. As you do. Also, did they point out during the swabbing, though, that there were parts of you that were in danger of falling off? No. So I think I'm okay. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and say, too, and it's only because I had to go through this dumbness. um, 
I don't know where I saw it or why it's hyped up, but people make the the nasal test to be horrific. Like, I don't know. I'd never heard a positive thing. And I know it's not something you... It's not like you're like, oh, I did this test. It was a breeze. It was so nice. But they're making it sound like you were poking yourself up to the fucking brain. Like, lobotomizing yourself almost. Um, and that's not the case. So I feel like this is one place where I can just, like, flat out say it. that it, it, It's not... Like, you put it in there, like, about an inch. Um, oh. Which, if you've... I don't know. I've stuck... I've stuffed worse things up my nose that, like, further than that, so... Well, we'll unpack that later, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But seriously, the the test was was so easy breezy, and uh, I did it through CVS. They have uh, drive ups right now, which mm. luckily for us in Arizona, it's uh, cost zero. Like you know, that's provided by the state, and federal funding has not been pulled for us yet, which is a crock of fucking shit. Oh, I had a. I told Shane before we before you showed up before we went on air, but I had a whole rant about that. But I decided I got it off my chest when I wrote it down, so I'm not going to do it. But and yeah. he's also been semi sated by the talk of drive through nasal penetration. So oh, he's he's right. good. He's, it's he's how I get out. off. But it's really weird to do the stop and go. And I heard um, probably like midway through the like the quarantining of the idea of intermittent social distancing and like stop and go, stop and go kind of mentality that could happen in the future. Are you talking about social tracing? Social distancing or uh, as, as far as uh, it was contextual to like when things get reeled in and this is prior to a vaccine okay. where it's the idea that when there are surges, i.e. what's happening right now, which we won't get into if it's a surge or not. When there are surges, soft closing back down to mitigate the spread, and then you open back up, and then just being prepared until there is a vaccine to keep doing that as needed on a case-by-case basis, Um, and without being so boo-hoo, woe-is-me shit, like that's exactly what it feels like is happening to me at work, where Mm. I officially hit a stride where I was like, all right, and I've talked about it on every episode leading up, like... All right, I'm back in the swing. Like it feels so so great. Like I almost punched myself in the face listening to the intro of last week. Now, where I'm like, oh, it feels so good to be back on a rhythm, back on a schedule, and now <laughs> I have nothing. Um, so I did something that Shane has mentioned to me a lot, and I always go, oh, that sounds really cool, and that sounds really nice. To in order to keep myself as active as I was, so that ritual sacrifice. I was gonna say running while jacking off. Almost. I can't do that. Or walking, sorry. <laughs> well, sorry. yeah, you chose the coward's way out. <laughs> um, no, I went and bought a basketball for like 20 bucks, and then I still do my workouts every day, but I, I've three days in a row now, I've just gone down to the court for about like 30, 35 minutes, and uh, I get my steps in for the day, and also it's almost as much of a workout for me as my actual workout routine thing that i'm doing nice so thanks for planting that seed it finally uh finally erupted that's well erupted basketball is amazing it's the only time any seed that i have planted has actually brought anything to fruition that you know i well i mean there's not any pending litigation so i don't have to worry about that right now (laughs) right unless there's another bizarre singer songwriter floating out there that i'm not aware of Ooh wee. That sounds like a story waiting to happen. Seven years young, plucking a ukulele, just going, damn it, Dad. 
Wrong dad died. Indeed. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that's my soapbox. And a lovely one it is. Oh, thank you. Michael, tell us uh, about the waters of your homeland, Muad'Dib. I mean, they remember. That's, they, thank that's what you God mean, right? for that. Well... <laughs> So what we do on this glorious little show here on a week-by-week basis, or at least in the continuing saga that is the Disinformed Podcast we are attempting to get back to, on a weekly basis presenting a topic for you, uh, be it esoteric or obscure or random, though it may be, uh, and in the course of explaining the intricacies of the topic, we will leaven in a little bit of a lie from time to time. To kind of throw everyone off the scent. And the two co-hosts stay engaged and involved by, one, cracking horrible jokes, and two, attempting to ferret out the lies when they present themselves. And this week's topic is going to be brought to you by the ever-charismatic and enigmatic Mr. Michael. And remember, if he mispronounces anything, it's his screen's fault, his computer's, or whether it be his computer or cell phone, or his mouse, or his mic... I have never blamed. Sorry, happened. I yeah, have never blamed fucking... <laughs> my inability to pronounce words on other things. There's a other first stuff, time for everything. <laughs> yes. No. I no. I can't. I can't talk worse shit. I'll just say that flat out. That's no one's fault but my own. Good thing about like, on a podcast. I was, was going to say. I think we have like forty six or forty seven episodes of proof at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, guaranteed. Exactly. <laughs> that's why. Well, that's why I let you guys talk. The new official disinformed drinking game is anytime Michael mispronounces something, you need to, you know, take a shot. Man, I need to go get my 40 ounce. You'd yeah, you're going to need more. You're going to need a keg. <laughs> something on tap here by the time we get done. And then if Michael has a strong seizure like he typically tends to do, which is he gets so flustered by trying to pronounce something that he has to do a hard reboot. Waterfall. That's finish your drink. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I will chug this 7.8% double dry hopped hazy IPA because I'm a hipster cunt if that happens. And Michael, you said you're not censoring that word anymore. No, nope, <laughs> So we're not going to do it. <laughs> Hashtag no. Humboldt Strong over here is trying to keep <laughs> us grounded. Oh, geez. Well, so tonight's topic, today's topic, what have you, I was going to uh, talk about temporary autonomous zones. Uh, with respect to the one that is in everyone's mind, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or also known as the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. But, as I found to my dismay about, what time is it? Um, about two and a half hours ago, if I recall, um, it's being shut down. Oh, I didn't know that. Ooh. Yes, according to CNN, it is being uh, shut down. Um, or has in, been shut down. This is in Seattle? Yes, it's the Seattle six blocks, that sort of thing. The one where they have the uh, Umbrella Academy logo for the zone? Yes. Did you see yes. they also... I had to recall see the picture that, yes. of it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, they took over City Hall, right, as well? Or was um, it... No, well, uh, I don't think they did that specifically. I'm not 100% certain uh, as to the layout of Seattle because I've only been there uh, twice. Um, but I do know it involves one of the precincts. Uh, I don't recall that off the top of my head because I had to delete a lot of that material because it was all outdated. All right. Um, So how were they disbanded? I hear you asking. Well, as is the case with a lot of things in this great country of ours, the police were mobilized and retook control of the area. 
You can't see it, so. but I just rolled my eyes so hard that they nearly popped out of my head. Oh, yes. So I just envision an aggressive game of like plants versus zombies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Order. Uh, as, far, as far as I was aware, there is there are no casualties or anything like that. So that's good. Okay, um, so I so want to refocusing. Ins- yes, refocusing. I'm instead going to talk a little bit more about the person that coined the term, um, because he is a very interesting individual. Mm. Uh, and then I'll also talk about some other Taz is uh, that you actually will know and recognize. Ooh, the professional wrestler Taz, who was made famous by his run in ECW. Well, oh. there goes my whole podcast episode. Uh, thank you, and I'm Michael. Have a great day. Uh, all right. <laughs> also, uh, Undertaker's retired. Did you see that, Shane? Uh, I mean, I saw that like nine months ago when it happened. Oh, I was but... going to say, oh, oh, today's just turning into a shit show. But, you know, speaking Fuck. of The Undertaker, it reminds me of this time back in 1998. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very reminiscent because The Undertaker was involved. He threw Michael off the top of Hell in the Cell. <laughs> 20 feet down? <laughs> yes, straight through the announcer's table. My God, I bet he was uh, broken in half. <laughs> I was on color commentary that night, in case you didn't know. Oh, and, I heard. You know, I heard exactly I what was you a said. very plucky 17-year-old, and I said, stop the damn match. The man has a family. Indeed. Granted, he didn't make it, but he has a family, goddammit. And one of them was thrown out of an apartment, and so they're having difficulties getting into a house. How all that made any sense in the course of a wrestling match commentary, I don't know. But at some point, Michael came up and he had a nose that had a tooth just embedded in a nostril. And that's how Michael first got penetrated through the nose and later turned into his personal kink i can almost see the uh the comic uh you know the comic slides on how this came to be and so i've just managed to pretzel all of the topics of today's discussions it back in there come full circle and again don't break your arm jerking yourself off there Mr. well john Chain. i can't break my arm because birds aren't real birds are a lie and now that we are officially off topic i'm just kidding michael do your fucking topic <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fine. I thought you were going to get into a rant about how birds aren't real, and I was going to let it happen. That was no. I, I would have I was excited for that. Now I see those little uh, feathery cunts trying to spy on me when I'm playing basketball. You're just ex- you're just embracing your newfound cunt freedom. That's to a just cheap, say that word. Cheap use of the word pun. Yeah, <laughs> that is a very cheap cheap use <laughs> and pun intended. Uh... All right, who who made the uh, the autonomous zones? Who who coined so... the term? To, to explain a little bit in detail, the idea of a Taz is to try out a different kind of society. Uh, you don't need to fall asleep that fast. It's short. <laughs> it's my narcolepsy. Jesus. I can't control it. I'm sorry. It's, it's a condition. Sick. Don't be insensitive. So the idea hi- behind it is to try a different kind of society where there's no policing or formal authority. Um, people operate on barters or gift exchanges and um, in some cases ban regular currency. Though um, I have it from a source... Uh, from the podcast that I actually heard this from, uh, titled Worst Year Ever. One of the co-hosts actually toured the area, who he's a reporter himself, and he actually noted that a lot of the businesses that he talked to were actually experiencing a surge in um, business because a lot of people were flocking there and spending money to endorse that. So why were people performing surgery in that area? Huh? Anyway, um, so... Why are the surgeons taking any sort of business there? I don't understand, Michael. You accused him of a cheap pun? Yeah, 
Actually, I accuse you of a cheap pun, but whatever. Jacuse. <laughs> Jacusing. So the the idea or, well, the formalization of this idea was um, designed. It was codified in a book called Taz, the Temporary Autonomous Zone, which was a book, like I said, written by the anarchist writer and poet Hakeem Bey, otherwise known as, by his actual name, Peter Lamborn Wilson. It was published in 1991. Bullshit. No. True. Hakeem, Hakeem Bey. Yes. Also, uh, how many lives pseudonym- do you Oh, I many- have one. I just have two today, sir. Okay. Just two. Okay. Simple. Okay, okay. Lie one. Yes, yes, yes. Birds. Okay, so he has three lies. Okay, yeah, fair, fair, fair. All right, you're right. Three lies. Birds. Okay, well, forgive found me. It. Pardon the interruption. <laughs> Hakeem Bey is a yes. real is, is a his real boy. pseudonym. His real name is Peter Lamborn Wilson. Okay. Mm. Um, Bey wrote that America is a police state. This was written in 1991. Okay, so picture, take your mind back to back when that happened. I was born then, so I can't. I was so, going to say, but, I was just coming out of a pussy. Yes. Uh, and I was going into it. No, um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Take me back. Let me in. Let me in. Um, so he. <laughs> this has he, become a very Freudian podcast here, gentlemen. Um, so Wilson wrote that America is a police state. So in order to experience true freedom, it's necessary to seize territory and establish communities outside of government authority. Doing such a thing in his eyes, one can escape the structured system. Happens, take a shot. One can escape the structured system (sighs) that stifles individual creativity. It is this chance at creativity that is real empowerment, and to him, the real draw of the temporary autonomous zone. If you live through it. Yes. Right. What is this individual creativity and natural freedom... That Wilson seeks that requires no social hierarchy or political oversight, you may ask. So, essentially, what is this creativity and natural freedoms that Mm -hmm. he wants? Well, according to a lot of people, uh, most of them uh, anarchist writers, specifically a Robert P. Helms, he wishes Wilson, Wilson, wish, take another drink. Jesus Christ, Michael. Wilson wishes for this natural freedom so he can have sex with children. Oh, that's a Wait, is that bullshit? Nope, it uh, is not. Michael, I thought this was going to be not as dark as you just made it. Oh, no. That's Darkest actually timeline. That's actually kind of what uh drew me into the subject was the fact that this guy that Nate that like <laughs> pedophilia drew you into me... the subject. All right. Refra- let me rephrase. Hide your kids. It is this guy and his interesting life experiences and proclivities that really drew me into this topic because he is just really fucking weird. And that's not even saying that's because he's an anarchist. Like, I won't judge him for his political leanings. Everything else I will. <laughs> so Joaquin Bay, a.k.a. Sergeant Hatred. Yeah. Yes. In search of his so, princess tiny feet. Aren't mm-hmm. we all? So, um... His political influences, as told by Wikipedia, uh, he was born in 1945. The exact date is not given on Wikipedia, and mm. I was not motivated to find it. Fair. He w- he currently lives in New York. 
He does not work, saying that he has a family trust fund that enables him to live in a state that he terms independently poor. What? It is, huh? That's his quote. He apparently gets enough money from a, quote, family trust fund such that he can live in a poor state, but he doesn't actually have to work. So he can live in... Like, you know, so he's comfortably destitute. Yes, he's getting right. he's getting by and he doesn't need to do much else other than that. Oh, I think I saw a clip of him, actually. Um, really? On YouTube. Yeah, it's this this dude and he's pounding. Uh, it's like this big mound of uh, dirt and he's pounding his fist into it to make a hole. And then he fucks the hole. I think it's that guy. Or what we like to call a hobo flashlight. Or flashlight. Sorry. God damn it. It was so good in my head. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> you still got three quarters of it on the hit. So yeah, I mean, well, you, you made it on base. B for effort. Yeah. It's not. It's not going to make the Netflix special, but <laughs> and it, it smells thought... like dirt fucked by a hobo. So one anyway, of my favorite Pat Oswalt quotes. Oh my goodness. So anyway, this guy oh, who was fucking a mound of dirt. Yes. Also, I did lie. I I miscounted. There are three lies in here. One. So was, what is one it, was hidden. So he's mudcomer. But, <laughs> sure so it was thought that he got his money from stealing from the rich getting with the whole anarchist well i uh, mean a trust there. fund does essentially you know in my mind equate that it's tantamount to robbing from the rich from my understanding yeah why is it always folks that are like independently wealthy via someone else's concerted efforts that want to be anarchists what is Broad generalization, I know. I'm making a joke, but no, actually, um, and and if you do want to read the article, um, that this Robert P. Helms, who is an anarchist writer, wrote, uh, concerning Hakeem Bay, he actually does mention that where there are um, multiple people that he knows that uh, have inherited wealth who are anarchists, but they typically use their wealth for you know giving back, like. My family may have benefited off of the, you know, the struggle of other people's backs, but we're, I'm going to help people and give back and use my wealth in a good way. Um, he doesn't think that Hakeem Bay does that, though. So, uh, I need to stop calling him by a pseudonym, Wilson. Yeah, just call yeah, him call Sergeant him. Hatred. Sure. Yeah, we can go Sergeant Hatred. Okay. So, he uh, founded a religious anarchist movement. Um, that I will actually kind of describe in a little bit and say its influences because there are a lot. Uh, so while he was in college uh, studying classics, so he was a classics major, he met with a uh, an American jazz musician. Uh, I had his name in a previous tiny, uh, thing. Tiny Boop Squiggly? No. Well, uh, he played I, all the notes. I'll tell you that this part is true. Um, I can't remember the jazz musician's name, Um but he was part of it. Uh, they Ernie founded... Fauntleroy, I believe. Sure. Yes. Um, no, it was Paul Pufano. They... God damn it. They founded a <laughs> religious movement called the Moorish Orthodox Church of America. Moorish? Moorish? Moorish. M-O-O-R-I-S-H. We know what Moorish is because we like the same bad movie. <laughs> Moorish. Which I think actually didn't that come out in 92 <gasps> close yes right around. it might have been 91 let's double check let me yeah. fact check so shane shane and i really really like we've bonded over this very strange uh 
Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. 1991. Oh, oh okay. You okay. are right then on Moorish, top of it. So Moorish there's a... is the exact idea that you're thinking of, as in from Morocco, Northern Africa, mm-hmm. South yes. Spain, that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, yes. they're asking uh, Morgan Freeman. It's the uh, the gentleman is giving a rant as they're waiting for Robin to finish up with Maid Marian. And he goes, curse the Moors and Saracens. If it weren't for their ungodly ways, then Master Robin would have never had to go to that war. What matter of name is Azim? Irish? Cornish? Moorish. And he gets right up against his face <laughs> when he says it, and the guy goes, <gasps> So. Beautiful. That movie is uh, fucking gem. It is. He and I will both just heap praise upon uh, it frequently. Yeah, y- you didn't know that by saying the word Moorish that you were going to trigger us so hard. <laughs> no, I didn't, but I like it. So um, so the Moorish Orthodox Church of America is a syncretic, which I don't remember the definition of, non-exclusive and religious anarchist movement espousing a vast array of liturgical and devotional traditions over a theology... Exactly. I, I a lot of big words. Yes, you made and it I got through unscathed. I am absolutely gobsmacked, Michael. So let me list all the different theologies that uh, include teachings that where they glean teachings from. Okay. So the first thing is Moorish Science. Again, Moorish. It's an organization based on the premise that African Americans, as an all African Americans are Moorish, mm. as in from the Moroccan Empire south of Spain, mm-hmm. by nationality and Islamic in faith, which is a little bit odd considering that a lot of them were also taken from Mali and, and you know, eastern other parts of Africa. It's right. not just Morocco. Would you say that they live by a Moorish code? Sure. I, I'm not buying it. Nope. <laughs> not biting. Nope. <laughs> I refuse puns. We're going to breeze right past that one, ladies and gentlemen. Nope. So the next influence is the five percenters, a movement that believes 10% of the people in the world know the truth of existence, and those elites and their agents opt to keep 85% of the world in ignorance and under their controlling thumb. Bullshit. True. As in, it's, it's true. It's not bullshit. Oh my God. The remaining 5% are those who know the truth and are determined to enlighten the 85%. Did I did I do Steiner math here and and wind up? You said five percent and then eighty five percent and then another five percent plus eighty five is oh, okay. 95 I didn't hear the ten percent. I yeah, all right. Yeah. I got it's you. like an algebra prompt. Yes. Um. Then Sufism, which is ancient. There are ancient religious orders that practice Soup-ism? various forms. Suf. S u f. Sufism. Sure, soupism. <laughs> Let's just defend a bunch of people with that. Hey, soupism. No soup for you. It's, it's from an outsider's perspective who doesn't practice soup Islam. Um, it seems <laughs> analogous to Christian monastic orders. So they they're like Christian monks. It, to me, it feels like it. Okay. Okay. Um, and I've cut out a majority of these, and I also will say, just so you don't have to get any ideas, none of these are lies. So you don't even have to worry about it. Go on. Yes. Um, I cut out a lot of them that seem to overlap. Uh, very, And now we have varying degrees of Oriental Orthodoxy, which is a type of Christianity that's based in the Middle East. If you've heard of Ethiopian Christianity, there you go. The League for Spiritual Discovery, which is a spiritual organization who strives for the legal use of LSD, 
for the purpose of meditation and spiritual understanding. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to hurl bu- bullshit at that one. He said none I of these said are bullshit. I just said none of them are bullshit. I still going to hurl bullshit on that one. <laughs> I heard the bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to hurl the bullshit. Hold on. Um, they actually did, uh, because the League of Spiritual Discovery was active around the time this uh, uh, movement started, <sighs> uh, it was also read that Wilson would frequent them and also ingested large amounts of LSD in this time. Which was the early '60s. So why did you um, start this? I'm going to be honest. I was tripping balls through all of it. Uh, honestly, yeah, yeah. Um, Zoroastrianism, which is an uh, no Zoroastrianism, it's an ancient Persian religion, essentially. So from based in Iran. It's okay. Rain, rain this in for me. These are all the things that he believes in. These are all the teachings that were gleamed and combined. Okay, I will one thing. We'll give you the compression. This is Batman traveling the world, discovering his own ethos by being trained by a random slew of people. I like it. That's actually we'll go. That's actually that helps me uh, comprehend that a lot. All right, it has a lot of spiritual influences. Also, uh, Taoism. Just a because why not? Or Taoism, um, depending upon your proper pronunciation. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, oh. And actually, it's funny that you did mention that. Um, I originally oh. had it written in here that I removed. Um, oh, come on. I read it as phonetically. You removed your toe? Sure. Okay. Um, but in his life, because I originally had a paragraph on his life experiences, he traveled around Asia uh, sp- specifically like the Middle East and India and other places, um, learning a lot of this stuff, kind of like how the Beatles did that. And hence India. where he developed his taste for young boys? Yeah. Actually, uh, yes. All um, right, well. Parti- well, partially, he uh, did try and transcribe. He worked actually for the Iranian government before the uh, Iranian Revolution in the 70s, mm. um, transcribing uh, ancient Persian texts to English and all this other stuff. But um, according to the article that I read by the Mr. Helms, he also transcribed a couple of, um, what was it? It was like, Oh Tribe That Loves Boys or something like that. It was a poem or something. So, yes. So uh, going back to that awkward comment that I made er earlier about how he wants to love children. Mm -hmm. Nambla. (laughs) That, That is a deep cut. You laugh. I don't. I'm prepared. Since, since um, this Robert P. Helms puts it more eloquently than I do, I'll, I will quote him. Oh, get out of here. The Brooklyn Rail, um, in the July to August 2004, it's a anarchist um, paper, I believe, has just published an interview of Peter Lamborn Wilson, also known as Hakeem Bey, that gives the reader a misleading and incomplete picture of the subject. Wilson rightly became celebrated as a kind of urban prophet, the interview writes. Interviewer, sorry, writes. It was an identity to add the others. Why did... Essentially, it was an identity to add the others he bears seamlessly and without contradiction. So, essentially, listing all the things he does. Anarchist, poet, public intellectual, psychedelic explorer, artist, social critic, Sufi mystic. And, okay. and Kid Porker. The interviewer's special phrasing, seamlessly and without contradiction, is where she begins unintentionally to mislead. 
I am writing to describe another unusual way in which Mr. Wilson has distinguished himself that may make a wrinkle or two in the average person's opinion. He is a public pedophile, intellectual of international reputation, and one who mixes anarchist ideology into his pedophile discourse. He goes on to describe Wilson's association with NAMBLA, which is... The North American Man-Boy Love Association. You're right. They give Um, them boots and sandwiches. Where NAMBLA would publish many of Wilson's poems that would feature very not-safe-for-work or not-safe-for-life content. Also, we make jokes about this, but it's just to, it's just to put a band-aid on how horrifyingly disgusting we find that kind of shit. So don't want to don't want to seem too callous here. Yeah, there is absolutely no one who is endorsing pedophilia in this throng, I can assure you. Yes. He um Mr. Helms uh also uh includes one of Mr. one of Wilson's poems called My Political Beliefs. I'm not going to recite it here. Do you want me to? I will. How long is it? If you really want me to. It's probably like 12, 14 lines. I will. I I don't want to, but I will. It is very not safe for work. Not explicitly, but it is very not safe for life, actually. I mean, Do you want me to? It sounds like John's intrigued. (sighs) You know what? Yeah, I I like not liking my life. So, here is the poem that you want me to read. Barelegged on his bicycle in the park, he rides beneath. Okay, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I, I don't need it anymore. Oh, God. There's this joke on a show. It's like, he can tell whether or not he's going to publish a novel by the first sentence. (laughs) I heard the first sentence. I will read, I I will read a safe statement. I will read a safe line. But essentially, like I said, this poem is called My Political Beliefs. <laughs> I don't, but I don't want this to be just another poem about hopeless love. Pretend it's a manifesto instead. Down with school. Boys rule, okay? In the land of dreams, no governance exists. So if you, if the listeners really want to read this and subject yourself to that, the Link article in the show is in notes, the, yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, so. <sighs> oh man, that was. He pretty much goes on to show that Hakeem or Wilson, Mister, w- I can't even say that. Wilson is uh, not very. Or he's very open about his beliefs in this regard, and that he, Mister Helms, accuses Wilson of using this sort of temporary autonomous zone idea where there's no political structures. Uh, essentially so that he can embrace his desires, his, yes. So. Oh, man. Moving on to this, the actual more lighthearted, well, I'd say lighthearted in a way, but not really. Just commit. Moving on to a different thing. Uh, we're going to cover other temporary autonomous zones. So even though the concept of a TAS was codified by Mr. I want to be free of political structures so I can exercise my perversions without being arrested, Mm -hmm. none of the TAS that I read about had freely exercised this sort of thing. Thank fuck. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was wondering the entire time. I was like, please tell me that this entire episode is not going to be just shining a light on that and then be like, every TAS is this. Like, like, you know, to call back to the last episode, like broad stroking. (laughs) 
No, thankfully, that is not the case. In fact, out of all the different Taz's that I had read about, I didn't find anything that relates to that. And um, I'll mention offhandedly that there are a couple of uh, anarchist um, sort of like temporary autonomous zones that are more permanent uh, that are in like Slovenia and uh, Sweden, actually. Okay. Um, that I can try and find more about in the show notes. I didn't really have time. Because no. like I said, I had to rewrite a lot of this. Yeah, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So what What are these zones? Have you ever heard of a event called Burning Man? Get out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an event that has been held annually since 1986 in the Western United States. Uh, except for this year. It was canceled because of COVID. Right. Yes. Uh, since 1998, the event has been located at Black Rock City, a temporary city uh, erected in the Black Rock Desert in the northwestern uh, area of Nevada. The event is... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, so they just do an autonomous zone for Burning Man so they can get away with doing, you know, copious amounts of psychedelics? Well, it's more a, of the fact that they're they're not actively, like, pushing cops away or stuff like that. It's just... it's all, Think about it as like a rave, if you've ever like kind of understood how a rave operates, where they, especially in here in Arizona, where there's a lot of open space, where you right. can just go out into the desert and party your heart's content, and then you know if it gets broken up by cops, it gets broken up by cops. But if it doesn't, then you can do whatever you want. Um, that's the kind of vibe that I got from this, except for, well, kind of in in this way. Um, Let's see. The late summer event is an experiment in community and art influenced by 10 principles. Radical inclusion, gifting, decommodification, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, communal effort, civic responsibility, yada, yada, yada. The event derives its name from its culmination, the symbolic burning of a large wooden effigy, referred to as the man that occurs on the Saturday evening of the event. A little bit of history... Uh, it began as a bonfire ritual on the summer solstice in 1986 on Baker Beach in San Francisco, which I was not aware of. I always thought it occurred out in the desert, so that was a little cool information. Mm-hmm. In 1990, a separate event was planned out in the Nevada desert, uh, where it has been hosted every year since. Uh, one of the founders conceived it as a, and I'm going to try and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but a dad dadaist dadaist. It's it's kind of like an art movement. Like Dadaism? That, yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly like that. What is Dadaism? Um, uh Shane might have a better understanding. It 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 didn't it the definition kind of escaped me there. But it's an art movement of sorts, right? Yes. I, I Okay. Yeah, we're, we're not going to waste time getting into that right now. <laughs> it's That's... one of the it's like a postmodernism where the something something I don't know. I have a an art major girlfriend listening to this who's going to chide us all, but you know, moving on. Oof. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh but he conceived it as a dataist uh temporary autonomous zone where participants build all the art activities and events. Uh, there were no paid or scheduled performers or artists, no separation between art space and living space, and no rules other than don't interfere with anyone else's immediate experience and no guns in the central camp. And these expectations have continued to this day. Okay. okay. So um, the other two I did not get enough information on, uh, but they have been they're more they're more commonly recognized. 
especially given this last decade. Um, Standing Rock, aka the 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 take a drink, John. The Dakota Access Pipeline protests. Okay. So from I guess four years ago when they were trying to build proper or build a pipeline out on essentially uh, Native American soil. Um, and they were, they were having none of, none of that. And a lot of people pretty much set up a temporary autonomous zone where their whole thing was to oppose the uh, building and to obstruct them in any way, shape or form. Right on. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that I really want to talk about, because like I said, I had to change a lot of things. Occupy Wall Street was also considered, um, was the, it really the ones that were, Yes, the ones that were set up in various areas in the in the country uh, were considered temporary autonomous zones, where essentially they were just protesting and occupying their little spaces there and kind of running it however they saw fit. So those are the kind of that when when you picture a temporary autonomous zone, that's the sort of vibes that you should get. Um, you either have on one side where it's I wouldn't say debauchery per se. But it's a lot more of the free form sort of like express yourself however you are. Um, Burning Man or some people will refer to Woodstock also as a temporary autonomous zone. I can zone. see that. Um, I don't necessarily because they tried to call in um, – they, they tried to get government help uh, for like navigating, getting people, paying people um, – that sort of thing. Oh, there's also zoning that had to happen for that and things like yes. that. It's just a little bit mm-hmm. different. Exactly. But other people will call that a temporary autonomous zone, which is fine. Um, there may be like an inherent idea of lawlessness, at least functioning within that area. And that might be what they're referring to. I mean, any yes, of the Occupy fair. Wall Street areas as well. It's not as though the government ceased to exist in that state. It's just saying that in this place, temporary is a part of the title for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And then you have those on one hand. And on the other hand, you have the more politically uh, protest-esque based um, or driven uh, sort of temporary autonomous zones where people are trying to protest a certain as- a certain thing. And instead of, okay, well, it's 6 o'clock, it's time to head home, and then we'll see you all at 8 a.m. tomorrow, they're just staying there. And because a lot of people are staying there and actively protesting uh, 24 hours a day, you have to set up some sort of like – a zone of sorts where people can sleep, where people can rest, eat, drink, that sort of thing. Yes. So that is my um, originally history of the temporary autonomous zone, but now it's turned to, I almost called him Mr. Wilson again, um, Peter Lamborn Wilson and how Taz's should be used, I guess would be the best attempt at a working title. Okay. Well, I don't have any guesses on lies because I I was paying attention. I just that I couldn't figure out anything in the list in particular to call out that uh, rang disingenuous. But that's the one so, place uh, that always springs up. Which is, I actually went about today this time and did not put any lies in a list. Mm. So I didn't swing at it. All right. Yes. Well, tell us how we failed, Michael. So uh, initially, what I mentioned that the Chaz was disbanded by police mobilizing and retaking control of the area. That that was a lie. I yeah. was so happy. Well, when I when I originally read that, and I was like, okay, I'm going to add this. I can lie here. It'll be very easy to slip this by. 
Um, according to CNN, which is the source that I got it from, and I will continue to cite the source because media in these days is just biased as all hell, the main leaders have kind of said that the original message was lost after uh, the several shootings that took place in the area in the last couple of days. Um, people are starting to filter out, and there's talks of uh, the police moving back into the building. So. Okay. Or the precinct that they were chasing. Essentially, by so. attrition, they just sort of fell out. Yes. Yes. Um, the next one, uh, the lie that it was thought that he got his money from stealing from the rich for for uh, Peter Wilson. Ah. Um, I cannot actually find any sources uh, on where his where he has his family trust fund, but the actual article that was written by Mister Helms. Uh, he says in his article, the name Lamborn is rare in New York, and it is where the sugar industry magnate Odie Lamborn died in 1971. It is my impression that Hakeem Bey's trust fund was originally earned by tormented laborers on sugar plantations. So that's uh, that's you know speculation on his part, but you know, given the almost uh, paradoxical nature of this guy. Or consider uh, also considering that his anarchist beliefs are you know to an end, and it's not an end that a lot of anarchists would typically agree with. I almost w- I would be inclined to believe that. Okay. In mm. the last one, when I mentioned that uh, you know all uh, for Burning Man, all the fa- all the participants build the art activities events. No paid or scheduled performers or artists. No separation between art and living spaces. No rules. That I, I mentioned that it continued to this day. That's not the case at all. It's turned into a giant like festival of sorts oh, where influencers so it's Coachella and, in Nevada basically. It is pretty much that okay. uh last year's tickets the cheapest ones were sold at 425 dollars um an article that i read uh, cited the average expenditures of each participant to over two grand um the event has also become a sort of networking event for billionaires and celebrities many from the silicon valley and hollywood elon musk once said that burning man is silicon valley so like where they all go to vacation and party and let loose. Yes. Can I uh, take a moment as a as a strange aside? Have any of you actually heard him speak? Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I've just seen like quotations from interviews and like uh, like quotations from Rogan. If we were on, the, if we were actually doing disinformed after dark, I would have done the whole uh, the the he... him smoking, taking a hit from from the Rogan podcast. I mean, that man strikes me as the least erudite and the worst spoken genius I have ever encountered. He sounds like a moron. Anytime really? that I have heard him speak in an expository fashion, he is in a constant state of like, um, uh, well, I mean, it's a, uh, if you get, uh, so it's like anytime I've caught it, it is, there's no, cohesion at all and it seems Hmm. like he's just rambling and jabbering particularly when he was talking about the idea that they were depriving people of their natural rights by saying that we had to be quarantined and how that was a violation he was the least erudite individual explaining his rationale as to why rights were being violated it's basically it's just the idea oh we should all be able to go out there and, and you know endanger ourselves 
Yeah. Except for me, because I'll be on my, like, you know... I'll be on the Mars, basically, floating out. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah. So I, I just... I, it, it rings me as somewhat disingenuous as, you know, someone who everyone has hailed as being this Wunderkind, Savior. brilliant genius. And I was like, he sounds like a dope. I kind of lost faith with him after um, the whole event where there were those kids that were stuck in the um, the cave that had to be rescued by divers. And he wanted to use his, like, submersible or something like that. And one of the divers said, no, that was a bad idea. It could just break down in there. And he, Elon Musk called the diver a pedophile. So I was like, what? okay, that was, um, yeah, it, it happened, what, two years ago or something like that? I, I, I can show you, I, I can show you it um, after recording. But essentially, uh, during this whole rescue thing, he was trying to... Um, brandish his new technology or something like that like i i've built a submersible that can save these children and the divers are like just let us do it yeah you'll just get in the way and we're ready to we're ready to go right now (laughs) yeah and elon musk was like i think you hired you know a couple of prostitutes that are were small boys essentially no we're trying to save people's lives we're not trying to throw up a billboard for your brand new invention so that you can tout yourself to the general public here through your good works anyway i'm not trying to get slanderous it's just i i found it funny and i've i've not really encountered him at all i hear the name bandied around but i've never seen any major publications i've never seen him speak at length so that was my only exposure yeah interesting That, that was when i fell off the wagon for him that's why i brought it up well and it's it's the same thing my encounter with neil degrasse tyson through rogan uh, uh really kind of turned me off to him as well and i in looking back on it now i can understand that it's difficult as a if you're going to be a scientist one who's trying to curry favor and get attention obviously you want to have a wealth of personality and be charismatic and kind of engaging but at the same time being black i imagine there are a lot of people who are going to be more than happy to just shout him down on principle because they're going like oh come on Fair. you're not you're not yeah. intelligent just look at you which just the state that we're seeing these days more f- frequently than not unfortunately that divided line still exists so yeah. i can understand Ugh. being a little bit more acerbic and trying to overstate things because your enthusiasm or you know you get a little carried away in the moment and just kind of, but yeah, that was, it's difficult when you're hectoring to somebody for 40 minutes to an hour. I, I will also add, because I've seen this a lot in the last, like, I guess, couple, this year, really, uh, there's a lot more anti-intellectualism because when you were mentioning him, I immediately thought of Carl Sagan, mm. um, who, in like, he was the last, like, major, like, physicist that was in the public eye of sorts mm-hmm. um and i was like well he's no carl sagan and then i thought about it and i'm like well he's dealing with a lot of different times yeah like the anti anti-intellectualism in this country is just absolutely uh, abhorrent right as, as just hearing people saying like well i'm not gonna wear a mask it's like well, did you did you read that like if both people wear a mask it cuts down transmission to like one percent chance it's like are you those people that like will go around saying i don't need to wear a condom i'll just pull out and i'm like wait that well it hasn't fallen off for you yet john so you don't need to worry about it uh but then i realized that that happens a lot because we don't have adequate sex education in this country so i'm like 
you know what? I I was going to ask that question, but now I'm not. Yeah, there is this <laughs> so. idea that there's kind of an elitism between the quote unquote educated or those who have received higher education to those who have not. And yeah. yeah, so it just becomes an us versus them mentality, which is really strange, particularly when it comes to things that – and this turns into another debate about scientific principles versus religion and how the two of those seem to be almost fundamentally juxtaposed at this point in some people's minds. And I don't think you can really coach that back, unfortunately. It's just – the prejudices are something that we are seeing almost innumerably these days, and everyone seems to lead into them – uh, we talked about uh, biases and microaggressions and all these things pretty routinely, particularly in our employment. I'm sure you've encountered this from time to time as well, Michael. So, yeah, it's yeah, difficult. I had, to, I had to watch those videos on, on the website. It just, you know, again, a, a little civility and treating people with actual genuine respect and interest uh, tends to be a really easy way to get around most of these things. But it's those mm. folks who are hyper-focused uh, as an interesting talking point, and I, not to Ooh. totally derail, but this happened in front of me, and this is one of the reasons why I find I have a bit of a bias presently. But there was a conversation going on uh, relative to the university, and they were talking about uh, one of my colleagues who was putting it forth was talking in praise of this idea that we have a lot of gender-neutral bathrooms. And that was what was thrown out, essentially, in the point of the conversation. And someone came out of another room, walked down, you know, a, like a 20-foot thing, and interjected into the conversation and said, I just want to make a point to tell you that it's not gender-neutral bathrooms, they're gender-inclusive bathrooms. And then turned and walked right back out. So someone who was not taking part in the conversation, and it wasn't as though he was disparaging it or saying it in a snide way. And it's like, okay, so the verbiage now has gotten to a point where it is that important for you to emphasize the minutia that exists between neutral and inclusive. And that is where we're going to die. That's the hill we're going to walk to. I was going to say, I think a lot... Um... <sighs> It's difficult because people go about it the wrong way, and that's what you're bringing mm. up. Where if that's a teachable moment, yes, right. If that's if that's a moment where you can like not, that's not a situation where anybody needs to be publicly put on blast. Like yes, that's a situation where after the fact, like when when it's appropriate or like when it lines up, like within the same you know within the same day. Just like pulling aside and be like, hey, you know, I, I heard you saying this through the conversation. Wasn't my place to interject into the conversation and say it, right. but how we prefer to to how we prefer that being said is X. And right. that way it's a it's like a it's actually like it's constructive and yes. it's not yes. reductive. Which and in your to your point, it's like coming out that way, like that's where divides start because then now yeah. you are yeah. now now you have a negative experience with the verbiage. And you're also mm -hmm. you're attacking someone who is on your side already. Try, yeah, trying to be so inclusive. Yeah. Yes, you're snipping the support just at its roots as the old preaching to the choir line right. of this person's already on your side. You don't need to alienate them further or, you know, ruin it. And it just in an instance like that where the difference between those two terms to me is not one that I feel carries like a really heavy negative connotation. I don't think that neutrality to me, is one where it cries out to me that it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, whereas the difference between referring to someone as the N-word 
or African-American or black, there are very distinct gradients of negativity there that you would want to dispel in a conversation about empowerment or disempowerment. I was like, that, those are the terms that you're going to get upset about. Right. Or one of my colleagues who uh, I pointed out, we had things that in our own listed collection were foreign films and were labeled as such. And she made a point of beelining back into my office and correcting me and saying that we refer to those as international feature films. Those aren't foreign films. And even then, I will go, okay, I understand what you mean. There is a sense of separatism there that we're trying to get away from, and we don't. But it's like in, in the course of a context of a conversation, yeah, it becomes more didactic than it became what you were referring to as a, a teachable moment where you can actually yeah. just discuss it. And, yeah. yeah. The context the context here matters. And tact, in particular, in a lot of those mm, instances. Sorry, right. didn't mean to fair. derail, yes, but yes, it's, it's no. happening so frequently these days. And it's the war now that we have between sensitivity and understanding and then to this weird sort of overly PC, nitpicky culture that we have to try to juggle. And it's a really difficult balancing act. Yeah, 100%. And I have here's nothing white guys complaining about it. Sorry. I was going to say, I have nothing else really to add on to it. I mean, right. you hit it on the head there. And I think all that, all that we can do as cisgendered, uh, heteronormative white, white men is to be people that, you know, like to correct in a teachable way to actually like kind of just, I mean, it's just basic human beings, like yep. just treat everyone the way that we would expect to be treated and really just like hold your ground on those beliefs that you that you hold dear and be prepared to to explain why uh, if you're if you're confronted with with a deferring opinion. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's constructive anymore just to be like, well, fuck you, you're stupid. Like, fuck, you don't agree with me. Oh, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you know that it's not yeah. constructive anymore. It, it's schoolyard pettiness at that point. And so, if you are going to hard stance on something, you have to, especially now, be prepared to stand your ground and uh, and to really throw facts mm -hmm. and and to have them and to be educated on it enough where you can. And it's something I'm very envious of of other people that I've seen who are really involved with the movements right now, where I don't have those facts attached to memory. All the the most that I can do right now is pass along and read what I what comes comes my way, yeah. And yeah. understanding that everyone has a role and there's like anyway, not soapboxing it, but I wouldn't apologize for bringing up the topic. I think it was worthwhile. Yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I think we're all just trying to find our own way out of the you know dimly lit room at this point. There's none of us that have a clear path that you know, oh well, I know exactly where we're headed. I think you're going to bump into things from time to time. None of us are going to walk out of this perfectly. So you just got to try to handle yourself with a little understanding, a considerable amount of empathy, and just kind of be willing to roll with the, the criticism and the, the learning moments when we have them. And just to, to use this naturally, you were mentioning uh, independent films, foreign films, um, and I do believe that we are in the process of reading through the script of one um and i would love to turn this into a movie oh you're the one so <laughs> shane is usually the one that does the intros he's gonna do a previously on but i feel like there's something that's been missing um and that is an a break in the episode where we tell you that the back half and michael you can tell me when we started but and it doesn't have to be now um the back half of these episodes we have been 
um, essentially creating the audiobook for the fanfic My Immortal, uh, which is essentially if a gothic 13-year-old hate-fucked the original transcripts for Harry Potter, but then also forgot. It's it's like she slowly learned how to write. Like, she, she was in the process of actively unlearning everything she learned in English class. It's also like someone who is just chronically addicted to methamphetamines attempting to tell you a straight narrative. Yeah, so, Michael, this came out when? 20... Or not 20. Uh, 2000, 2006. Okay, so... 20 aught 6. 20-06. It's very <laughs> much a product of its time. I think we have seen oh, a My Chemical yes. Romance reference in almost every Probably single... Probably every. Did, Shane, did you spill your soda again? No. A cockroach just ran up my leg. Oh. Speak of... Uh... Speak of the devil, and it shall appear. The joys of living in an environment that has basically been seeded back to... Uh, I, I record these things in my office at work, and for those of you who are not aware, as I'm trying to provide the solid landline here for us to, to get our material recorded. And yes, so I, as I'm sitting here, I, I feel something is like a tickle, like my shoelace had kind of, you know, crawled up my ankle, and then it proceeded up my... Uh, top of my calf and i'm like oh that's a cockroach okay so that explains everything that i saw on your face and i respect you even more because if that would have happened to me i would have probably kicked everything in my immediate vicinity spilled my beer disconnected the computer and i would have had to relog in so good job i uh yeah i would have screamed like a bitch probably fallen over hit my head um been lying there bleeding out maybe on camera who knows yeah now i'm just trying to actively kill this with my feet (laughs) So while Shane uh, continues his battle with Papa Roach, um, (laughs) (laughs) this is my last resort, unfortunately. I think this is the first time that we've we've had a proper intro for the reading since the first time we did it. And I feel like it's something that I should actively try to remember to do beforehand because poor people, like if this is the first episode they ever listened to and then you end on this, it's very jarring very yes. that's very fair. jarring no that's that's mm-hmm. so, that's a good point that's a very good point also, i appreciate you for doing also that. people should have the option to realize that the official episode kind of ends at at the beginning of these readings so this is like a little like extra credit if if you want some some silliness and this is not this is we're just doing cold reads essentially of of this material um so if you if you if you hang up now we're not going to be mad at you but to shane's point come see us at disinformed after dark on youtube or if you are oh i was gonna quote you for a second if you are prepared to suffer the consequences (gasps) of your actions is that what you say in your voicemail shane oh i mean it's possible anyway i thought you were gonna start giving our social media only one of us on this podcast has any Ah experience with voice acting and that is shane because he has a golden voice um the the flattery will get you everywhere my friend uh but but michael (laughs) and myself we uh we have a face for neither film or (laughs) or radio what does your face have to do with any of this john i'm saying that we're we're never going to be actors we're never going to be actors in any way shape or form um no, I, I like what you were going to say. You, we don't have a face for act for film Voices or for audio. For, for, for audio. <laughs> um, okay, I can go with it. So bless your um, heart for listening to it. 
Can I can I ask? This feels like that prelude stems from something. So who yeah, did you I have a conversation have with from. that said that they hated this portion of the episodes and wish we would stop? Not a single person. Uh, it's it's been in the back of my head, and I just keep forgetting to intro it. And then because I would say. And not to cut you off, my apologies. Uh, this seems to be one of, if not the single most popular aspect of the episodes based on individuals that I've gotten feedback from. This seems I, to be what everyone's thrilled with these days. So. I feel like I'm starting to, uh, that I wanted to start introing it because I feel the same way. Where like I'll end recording and I'll talk to Becky and I'll be like, I feel like this is like this is the thing that the podcast was accidentally made for. And that once we get the compendium, <laughs> that it's going to be like the, those guys over this blah insert number episode arc, uh, did these cold reads. And then we have the culmination of it. So I just kind of want to start like, you know, if you're coming in now, like there's a lot more material and we do read the chapter numbers and yada, yada, yada. But no, this wasn't from negative feedback. This is just more I forget every week, and I've remembered for the first time. And birds it's aren't good real. housekeeping. Yes. Yeah, I like it. No, I, I I do like it. And yes, and I appreciate that you're taking um priority or you're initiative. Taking, uh, thank you. That's the yeah. word. I I don't know initiative. Uh, I never well, take it. You're taking initiative and doing that in the future. As Shane, well. have you killed Papa Roach? Uh, no, I have not. Which I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm almost at a point now where I'm, I'm contemplating just uh, asking for a brief reprieve so I can beat the hell out of this thing with a ruler and then return where I'm, I don't have to keep staring at could, my desk. I could handle a, a pee we break and get in a beer. So if you need, okay, to kill it. Yeah, we uh, can, yeah, we can we'll do our usual, you know, pre uh, my immortal break here, so I can kill this fucking thing. All right, cool. But yeah. this stays the in the episode. will remind you. Oh, yes. The past is real. We're going to smoke a roach here. Hold on. <laughs> he will be getting away with murder. Fa la 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 la. Come here, you little bastard. Uh, after I bludgeoned it, she loves me not. <laughs> oh, There's my God. A fun... I forgot about that fucking song. There is a really lovely Easter egg that you're going to be able to include back in the episode of me. Actually, you may be able to hear me beating the hell out of that thing with this ruler. So, I hope. Oh, beautiful. I might actually do that. That See if would you can cut it in at the that? end of it and you can get me going, come here, you little bastard. <laughs> Did we'll you actually like, say that? <laughs> yes. Cut. Come here, you little bastard. Crah, crah, yes, crah. There is. And we're back. Crah. Beautiful. All right. Crah. Crah. Oh, no. We are, we're already in. We're already in. You don't need to click. We, I don't need to Little did you know, John, that you would be able to meet an enemy that would beat you on any <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> I need to. I don't get the reference. I need to rewatch it. I'm so bad. Uh, is this how you thought this day would go? <laughs> <laughs> we'll show you the video before we go to After Dark, Michael, just so you can appreciate it. Oh, my God. All right. So back into this nasty bit of nonsense with a previously on my immortal. Chapter 22, we encountered the uh, Magical Misery Tour. Uh, clothing, as always, is excruciatingly described. Cordelia Fugue and Scumbridge accost Dumbledore and tell him that his Alzheimer's is endangering the lives of students <laughs> at Hogwarts, <laughs> and he must retry, as he is obviously not a match for the Bark Lord. He's apparently a man <laughs> who sells chocolates at the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory in a strip mall somewhere. 
uh, Fumbledore then corrects them by asserting that there is someone skilled enough to kill the nascent nasal assassin known as Volsamort. Gasp. <gasps> Our perfect, flawless, and scrumtralescent Inani. Too many names to waste time fully listing. I swear to she she apparently took one bit of, you know, interest from Game of Thrones and decided to give her, you know, 17 <laughs> names. Mother freaking fashion, apparently. The mother of all fashions. <laughs> First of her name. Indeed. Uh, so, chapter 23 then sees a gaggle of the Hogwarts goth contingent stumble into a relocated argument between the menstrual mates and Humbledore. Uh, Ebony eats some Count Chocula, like you do. Nonsense conversation occurs until a bizarre grade school skirmish breaks out between Vampire and Draco over who gets to shit next to Ebony. <laughs> During the scrum, the Right Honorable Colonel Vlad T. Mort breaks through a window <laughs> and orders Vampire's death, lest he uh, kill both she and Draco to punish her failure. Uh, they bicker back and forth, naturally. Uh, Voldemort then just flies away, and then Ebony has some odd gothic trance and sees Draco slitting his wrists while Darth Volsmort goes to kill him. So he doesn't need to kill him. Draco's been trying to kill himself since the beginning of this book. Right. It still has not happened. Apparently, he's just the face of Bo. He is going to endure forever until that last, you know, terrible moment at the end of the universe. Uh, sexy screaming follows. Uh, B. Diddy Mary suggests Ebony visits Professor Sinister to try and interpret her dreams and visions. Chapter 24 then introduces Dr. Mrs. Professor Sinister. A uh, young goth professor who speaks Happenese and kicks out an entire class at Ebony's whim to have a conversation about her wet dreams. Uh, preps are punished. Sinister has Ebony stare into a cryptal ball wherein she sees a black gothic skull and a pentagram. Draco then interrupts the session and rather than finding anything to do with what, you know, occurred in the vision ball. Sinister simply tells Ebony to fuck off, cunt. And uh, with there's absolutely no elucidation of the visions in the slightest. Uh, Ebony then goes to Draco, who is sitting next to Vampire. Inani is exhibited. And this is where we resume our scene. And we'll go ahead and add a producer's note that we decided that Sinister's voice will be changing. Uh, <laughs> that was my clever way of reminding you via, you know, the Dr. Mrs. Uh, Professor Sinister there. So, yeah, so uh, originally she was... I did was, make a Yeah, note you did. So I saw it. it. Uh, originally monotoned and uh, unperturbed by anything in life, it will now be played by Dr. Girlfriend a la Venture Brothers. As uh, most of our voice acting seems to stem from at this right. point. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, are we ready to deflower this nasty little bit of business? Oh, let's do it. Give it to me. Uh, chapter. Well, hold on. I'm sorry. I should start in with the appropriate full introduction. Welcome back to My Immortal, as performed by the cast of the Discord. Chapter 25 I was so excited. 
I fellowed Draco wandering if we were going to do it again. We went outside and then we went into Draco Black Car. I mean, what the fuck did Professor Cavalli say? Whispered Draco, potting his gothic wit hand with black nail polish on mine. She said she would tell me what the visions meant. Toralmo. I grumbled in a sexy voice. He took out a heroin cabaret and spiked it. And gave it to me to spork. He started to fly the car into a tree. We went to the top of it. Draco put on some MCR. So you put a note for copyrighted musical lyrics. What's the song that they, they're listening to? Do you remember? I don't remember. Just Helena. Probably you know, Helena. Yeah, probably fucking Helena. Helena. Yeah. Sang Gerard's sexy voice. We started tilling of each other's cloves fervently. He took of my black thong and my black leather bar. I took of his black boxers. Then he put his throbbing you-know-what in my tool sexily. OMFG Traco! Traco! I screamed, having an orgasm. We stated Frenching passively. Suddenly, I fell asleep. I started having a dream. In it, a black guy was shooting two gothic men with long black hair. No! no please don't, don't fucking kill us! One. They pleaded, but he just kept shooting them. He ran away in a red car. No! Oh my fucking god! One. One. I shouted in a scared voice. Ebony, what's wrong? Draco asked me as I woke up, opening my icy blue eyes. I started to cry, and tears of blood went down my face. I told Draco to call Vampire. He did it with his Blake Lickin Park Mobile. But... That's a two-t-butt, kids. But the worst thing was who the pepple who were shot in the dream where Lucian and Sirius one, one, one. I love that we unanimously decided to uh, to read off the accidental non-exclamatories. <laughs> yes. Because see, every time I edit, I I literally lose my shit every time. I so the funny thing is, I finally showed Melissa the script, and she didn't understand how like absolutely awful this was, and she's like, "Oh, okay." So I was like, "Yes." When we say one, that's there's a one there, so that's what so, we're reading. Yeah. So for the listeners, Shane is a god amongst men while reading this because he has the most lines and the most voice time, which is how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you hear what sounds like over-pronunciation and mispronunciation, it is 100% on purpose to try and convey because Michael has adapted this into a script from the original fanfic itself. So it is a labor to read. As much as it's a labor to consume, it is a labor to read aloud. <laughs> it is absolutely a wash with misspellings. A lot of them are very comedic when you see them in print as a visual thing. But which, we're not necessarily going to be able to convey that very well unless we overemphasize. continues the ongoing debate that we've had from day one of is this satire? Is this 
like intentionally bad and still i have been this camp the entire time and i will stay there this is intentional this is a hundred percent intentional yes i'm i'm gonna side up on the idea that this this has to be some whether it functions appropriately or not (laughs) yeah this is completely sarcastically written uh it's not necessarily the best storytelling, but I think that's also probably intentional as well. Anyway. Right, you have to you have to give it all. So anyway, yes. sorry, just wanted to throw that. It's important to contextualize. We'll call this the explanatory all apologies episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Chapter 26. A few mutates later, Vampire came to Dutree. He was wearing a black leather jackson black leather pants and a good crelotti t-shirt hi vampire i said flirtily as i started to sob draco hugged me sexily try aunt to comfort me i started to cry tears of blood and then told them what happened oh fuck it vampire shouted angrily he for started to cry sadly What fucking dick did that? I don't know. Now come on, we have to tell Dumbledore. I said. We ran out of the tree and into the castle. Dumbledore was sitting in his office. Sire, our dad was shot. Draco said. (laughs) Or more, Draco slurped while we whipped some tears from his white face. And I had a vision in dream. Doom bit double odor. Yes, that's we'll go that. <laughs> double odor started to cockle. <laughs> and how do you expect me to know a Benet's not divisional? I glared at Dumbledore. Look, motherfucker, he said. Parenthetical context says it's ebony, so I'm going with ebony. Angrily, as Dumbledore gasped, See is da toot of cracter. <laughs> uh, which he... is essentially see is that out of character for those who need to. Jesus Christ, I didn't know. I, You're like this a is... fucking wizard. Oh no, God, this is man. how scared I have finally reached at this point that, <laughs> that you th- this know? makes sense to me <laughs> after having read these enough. Um, oh, God. Okay. Wow. Whew. You know very well I'm not decisional. Now get some fucking pupple out there to look for Ceres and Lucian porn too. Okay, he said in a intimated voice. Where are they? I thought about it. Then, all of a sudden... Longden, I said. I told him which street. He went and called some people and did some stuff. After a a few mistunes, he came back and said people were going out looking for them. After a while, someone called him again. He said that they had been found. Draco, Vampire, and I all left our rooms together. I went with Draco to wait in the nurse's office, while Vampire went to slit his wrists in his room. We looked at each other's gothic, derp, arrested eyes. Then we kissed. Suddenly, Sirius and Lucian came in on stretchers, and prof- 
Asur Sinister was behind them. One. <laughs> oh, and now chapter 27 in all its mythical and magical glory with the heading Vampires Will Never Hurt You. And the will is a W-I-L. So apparently, uh, Will, you're safe. You'll be fine from this point forward. Will I am? Ooh. Yeah. To get some food. Well, I mean, I prefer the Fujis to the Black Eyed Peas, but we'll we'll just... Well, uh, yeah, whatever you want. Oh, I was here thinking like, oh, look at my musical reference. And you're like, oh, yeah, his previous band that I had no idea about. I'm like, Do you well, want shit. me to read the script writer's note? Yeah, if you want. Shane, do you? Do you oh, it's, it's it's your character, so you might as well. Okay, so give, there's a gives script the writer's audience more context. Yeah, script writer's note. I mentioned previously that Professor Sinister is a combination of professors, but I wasn't sure who. It is Professor Sinistra Astronomy and Professor Trewalny Divination. I had to look that up because I had no idea. I I remember when I originally read it that there were two professors, and I'm like, I don't know. I had to look up the roster of professors at Hogwarts. I also out. pointed out that in my chuckles that you've been very diligent about actually putting the correct character's name with most people where you can. So essentially that you know, if you have Draco, it's Draco in spite of all the misspellings or mispronunciations. Your primary flaw, however, is uh, when we were doing the Ministry of Magic, they referred to her as uh, Doris Rumbridge as opposed to <laughs> Dolores Umbridge. And you wrote it as Doris Umbridge for the remainder of the chapter. Oh, no. So I started, I was cracking up reading through it because, like, he's not holding up. And then underneath it was still Cornelius Fudge as opposed to Cornelius. That's oh, no. right. So, yeah, I Damn. had a nice chuckle at your expense at oh, Doris lasting. But okay. <sighs> Chapter 27. Everyone in the room stated to cry happily. I had saved them. Draco, Lucian, Sirius, Bond, Vampire, all came to hug me. The nurse started to give them medicine. Come on, Anobi, said Professor Sinatra. She was wearing a gothic black leader dress with a corset top and real vampire blood on it and fucking black platinum boots. I have to tell you the fucking perdition. I locked at Lucian, Seraphs, Drake, and Vampire. They nodded. I smelled happily and went into a dark room. I had changed Professor Sinister, took out some black cards. She started to look into a black crucible ball. She said, Tara, I see Drake times are near. She used to call me on my cell phone. She said, badly. She peered into dub balls. You see, you must go back in time. She took out a time toner, like B-Letty Mary had. When Voldemort was in Hogwarts, before he became powerful, he got his heart broken. Now, do you think he would still become Vluxmort if he was in love? I shook my head. You must go back in time and seduce him. It is the only way. If he is still evil, then you must kill him. You could come to my room tomorrow and you can do it. Okay, I said sadly. We did death's... Took sin. I went outside again, sadly. 
What fucking happened? Asked Draco and Vampire. Yeah. What happened? You're Willow, John. I don't remember my Willow voice. <laughs> just just make something up. It doesn't matter. Right, cool. She's do not an important Felicia's, character. Right? You want to take that again? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, what happened? happened? Asked Darkness, Willow, and Boldy Mary. I was about to them, but everyone was there. They were celebrating Lucian and Sirius being fond. Everyone was proud of me, but I wanted to talk to Draco. They were cheesing my name, and some reporters were there. Trying to interview Dumbledore, a banner was put up. Lots of fucking preps were there, obviously, tring to be gothic, wearing the HM sign on their hands, despite them not having Ask Shelley heard of him. Even Mr. Norris looked happy. A Blake and red cake had been brought out. Crab and Goyle set up some fireworks in the shape of skulls from Wesley's wizard wises. I put on my invisibility coke with a vampire and Draco, and we sneaked out together. And that is all uh, all for the reading this week. Uh, I hope you're ready because um, for the second half of the of the story because that is the plot hook into it. Um, well, if this is any indication, this, we must go uh, back in time. Where have all the cliffhangers gone, Michael? Because I feel like we she really was reeling us in over the course of the first 15, 16 chapters, and now it's just wet farts at the end of every I'm just one convinced of these chapters. She's an anime fan. What do you mean? Because every anime what? has fifty episodes and like seventeen different arcs that all have that are all like on based on cliffhangers. Like, that's all that's carrying the story. And that's all this is. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, considering that each one of these chapters was posted separately, one would assume that you would put a cliffhanger to kind of tie, to get people to come back the next week. I just enjoy that, you know, okay, well, they just sneaked out. Yeah, and fuck it. That yeah, was an invisibility, invisibility coke. coke. Yeah. It was a line of they invisibility. Just snort it, yeah. Yeah. Like you do. Like the heroin cabaret earlier. All right, well, we had the debut of Professor Sinistra, the the official debut. Yeah. Yes, uh, Professor Sinestro. Sinestro. For all you Uh, Green Lantern fans out there. Telling Ebony that she's got to go back in time and fuck Voldemort. Oh, don't you just wish you were in love. Uh, It was seduce him. Thank you. Sorry, sorry, you're right. And I have to look into fucking perdition. Uh, <laughs> Which yeah. is accidentally. I, I, I gotta tell you the fucking perdition. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, man. I gotta tell you, this thing is starting to kill my brain cells at a much Just more now? rapid rate. Yes. Oh, it. it th- Especially when she goes back in time. I think. You won't know which way is up. I already I, don't. I, I wrote those chapters earlier today, and there's also um, a giant quote. Uh, sex or like 
not safe for life chapter actually that's what i wrote it as a script writer's note there's a not safe for life chapter i mean we um, ambled up to a really indelicate uh there was a you know and i'm cribbing from the story here there's just a black man shooting two people with a gun again like, i never thought about that before but now but when you said that out loud i was like oh that yeah it doesn't that's doesn't problematic age well, certainly mm, yeah i mean uh I, I'm going to I'm going to interpret that because I I I have the title uh, a Tara apologist that it was a dark robed man and she just forgot to write robed. Um, I mean, considering how forward she is with you know uh, homosexuality and that you know bi goth guys she are really hot, bi guys. especially when they make out. So I'm going to assume that she is forward thinking on that uh on the racism uh you know thing and is not saying that it is a person of color all right well you did your level best <laughs> to take a swing at that my friend oh, good. i fucking tried she's uh she's joining the uh the golf club over at the uh best buy guys so buy uh, guys and thick thighs that's all she's into oh yeah oh, that's, oh yeah yeah that's gonna happen I hope well, you guys are ready, guys. Ready. Do, you, do you have anything else? Uh, I Kill mean, me. No. I, I think you know, we've had Disinformed After Dark uh, you know, prior to this coming out, so I, I can't give teasers at this point. You've already heard what is going to transpire. But uh, in case you are a devout uh, podcast listener and you have not taken the time to float on over to YouTube and, and check us out there, please do. Every Friday, 10 a.m., we are dropping brand new short video podcasts, you know, between a, a 15 to 30 minute interval. And they're fun. We're having a good time. We do some hypotheticals. Oh, yeah. We uh, wrap up with a little postscript from the show and, and have some other things. And I will say in parting something I was uh, considering bringing up, but uh, we lost Ian Holm this week, oh. gentlemen. I did see that. I was, I, I was very sad. I made a point. Well, it was technically, I think it was last week, but uh, I watched Alien in his honor. I, I didn't have the time to go through all the Lord of the Rings if I wanted to celebrate. Right. That's fair. You know, you could throw on Garden State, but I mean, you're basically only watching 10 minutes of the movie at that point. So it's I, usually Alien how much I watch. A good way. It's reasonable. <laughs> I'm your new friend, Sam. That is the film that, uh, you know, Miss Sam and I actually bonded over. We were in bondage when we first started <laughs> hanging out together. It has an amazing oh soundtrack. Goodness. It certainly does. Uh, yes. Is that's... it all MCR and GC? No, it introduced me to the shins. Yes, the the shins are fantastic on that. They have a lot of uh, it's uh, very very. Were they good doing stuff. a cover of Helena? Yeah, that's the only song I know was Helena. So I think we might actually be able to drive that out. Uh, coincidentally, funnily oh, enough, no. <laughs> to show what a random non hipster I am, uh, I've never heard that song. Helena? Yes, I have you... never heard that song. Uh, I mean, I've probably heard... no. I heard it on the radio the other day because I heard it. My car said what the title was, and I laughed my ass off because I'm like, we've been talking about this a lot in the episode. Okay. That's what this song is. I am going to give a teaser then for, for our After Dark episode. You are going to listen to the first minute and a half of Helena. We're going to listen okay. to it together as a team. But it doesn't have, like, the audio is not going to be shared, but we're just going right. to get your initial reactions to it just to rip that band off because I'm sure that you've accidentally heard it before. Uh, I don't listen to the radio, my friend. You forget that I really make a dedicated effort to control everything airwave-related that goes into this little cranium okay. of mine. 
Well, but we'll see. I think it's time to end this because I need you to hear this song because I, I right. actually I do authentically enjoy it, and, and everyone does. You know, it's the folks that love MCR rave about it. Just so happens that I strolled in at the wrong time for the disco. Yeah, you weren't ready no for it one, yet. No one was dancing. So, well, when you started off by just seeing Helena in this like context, like uh, it, it could turn any person off. Well, and also until you actually hear it, it can't get any worse right now. Fair. Well, I believe that yeah. is going to wrap it up in a glorious, vengeful street taco, as mm. per usual. Vengeful. Mm. Yes, beef. Tasty. Uh, so, thank you all for listening. We sincerely appreciate having you here every single week, and now 47 episodes strong. It's uh, it's been a glorious, or is it is it forty six this time or forty seven? I thought it was forty seven. Forty six. Forty six. Okay. I, I, Something. Listen, we're time traveling oh, oh here. We just traveled uh, through time for the other it. nonsense. So I mean, we're it doing is, what we can. It is. It is forty six. All right. Fine. Fuck me. I misspoke. I like correcting you in the moment, well, so I don't have to make an author's note for later. If I did that with you, Michael, we'd never finish this fucking thing. Episode one, and I'm... <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and germaphobes, we appreciate you being here. So for the motherfucking disinformed <laughs> podcast, I am Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Thank you for coming, kids. Don't worry. Michael and his sloppy bitch mouth will clean it up. <laughs>